Imagine you live in the Chihuahuan Desert in the American Southwest. Here, tumbleweed bounces across the desolate landscape propelled by the constant wind. The creosote bush, or chaparral as some call it, perfumes the air and the song of the coyote is your familiar lullaby. Today is hot, except for a breeze that seems to rescue you, the sun is unrelenting. There are no clouds in the sky. The sky is a brilliant blue, even in the middle of the day. It's comforting to see the roadrunners skip along the arroyo just beyond your field. The arroyo is a dry creek or stream bed that can fill with water after rain. You are harvesting corn for supper. You have company coming, family from the city. Your mother makes a great many things with the corn. Often, it is fed to the animals, but today, she's going to mash it to make tamales. Yum! Like most families in New Mexico, your parents plant a three-sisters garden. Corn, pumpkin, and beans create this wonderful polyculture garden that work together to feed your family. You are so used to this combination that you can't imagine a day without this trio in your diet. When your cousin arrives, you explain this genius of your ancestors. The Three Sisters Garden is thousands of years old, and this has always fascinated you. Since the corn is grown in rows, you say... You are able to plant the climbing beans next to them so they can climb the corn stalks. Beans put nitrogen back into the soil, while both pumpkin and corn require additional nitrogen. Planting pumpkins between the rows of corn helps keep the moisture from evaporating as quickly because the pumpkin leaves and vines act as a natural mulch. You bend down and point out the brace roots at the base of the corn. Both you and your cousin can hardly believe how weird they look holding up the tall stalk. The corn tassels quiver in the wind, and you check to see which corn is ready to pick so you can enjoy your tamales. As you go to break off the corn, you remember how hard it is to get the corn to come off the stalk. You pull out your pocket knife. This helps things go more quickly. Your cousin tries to pull an ear of corn off by yanking on it. He twists and turns it, and it just won't budge. You both laugh. As your cousin gets out of the way, you are able to cut off the ear. You work together and gather a few buckets full of ripe corn along with a large pumpkin and a sack full of beans. Your cousin asks you how you can tell which corn is ripe and which ones need more time. You explain. Do you see how some of the ears of corn are still sitting up tall and hug the stalk? Those aren't ready yet. But these ears that are laying almost sideways as if to say, Here I am! They are ripe and ready to eat. You bring the full harvest to your mother and help her prepare the meal. You are listening to Naturalist Kids Podcast. 
where we bring the stories of nature to life to encourage you in your quest to learn more about this great world. I'm your host, Joy Cherick, and today I'm joined by Reagan, age 11. If you love our podcast and want to see more episodes like this one about corn, please consider supporting us through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash naturalistkids. There you will find transcripts, nature study lessons, and additional resources to go with each episode. This is episode two of season one. This episode corresponds with nature study hacking, cultivated crops and weeds, and this lesson about corn fits perfectly with lessons seven and eight. Nature study hacking teaches families how to get outside and use a nature journal. Head over to naturestudyhacking.com slash naturalistkids to learn more. Let us consider for a moment how we use corn in modern life. We like to make cornbread and blueberry muffins with it. We also like to eat it in our salads and soups. This summer, we grew corn and ate it fresh on the cob with butter. The job of corn is to produce more corn plants, so corn must work to create kernels. The kernels are actually the fruit of the corn, with each kernel containing one seed. We enjoyed watching the corn silk come out of the ear of the corn to allow the ovule to become fertilized. The corn silk is the style and stigma of the pistillate flowers. That's how the corn kernel develops. Just like the pumpkin or apple blossom, the flower becomes the fruit. We grow corn for its kernels, which are edible and have different uses depending on the type of corn. Here are some common types of corn grown today. Flint corn, flour corn, dent corn, popcorn, or sweet corn. Foolish Questions in American Folk Rhyme Adopted by William Cole Where can a man buy a cap for his knee or a key for the lock of his hair? And can his eyes be called a school? I would think there are peoples there. What jewels are found in the crown of his head and who walks on the bridge of his nose? Can he use in building the roof of his mouth the nails up on the ends of his toes? Can the crook of his elbow be sent to jail? If it can, well then, what did it do? And how does he sharpen his shoulder blades? I'll be hanged if I know, do you? Can he sit in the shade of the palm of his hand and beat time with the drum of his ear? Can the calf of his leg eat the corn on his toe? There's something pretty strange round here. Today, we are harvesting our corn. Check out what we learn. When you buy corn on the cob, take some time to observe it closely. We grew sweet corn this year. What color is the husk on the outside? It is green and looks like the leaves on the stalk, but it's different. It's thicker and it's more rough. What color is the husk closer to the corn kernels? It's a pale green, almost whitish. It's softer and smoother than the husk on the outside. What does the silk 
feel like. They are sticky and stringy, except where they are dry and crackly, crunchy at the top. Let's look at how the silk lays on the ear. Is there an equal amount of silk lying between every two rows? Oh, they're nestled right there between the rows. Well, we'd have to count them to find out how many there are. Did all of the kernels on our ear of corn develop? No. For some reason, the ones at the top are still tiny. They must not have been fertilized. I think you may be right. We enjoyed watching the corn tassels grow. What sort of flowers are the corn tassels? They are the male flower. The pollen from the tassels has to make it to the silk on the ear of corn in order for the kernels to fully develop. So then, what carries the pollen for the corn plant? The wind. I loved watching the wind shake the tassels. Then the pollen fell all over the corn leaves. It got everywhere. Why is it that planting popcorn and sweet corn together will make an ear of corn that has both types of corn? Because the pollen gets all mixed up in the wind. I think you're right. Thanks for taking a look at our corn with me. There was a farmer who grew superior quality and award-winning corn. Each year, he entered his corn in the state fair, where it won honor and prizes. Once a newspaper reporter interviewed him and learned something interesting about how he grew it, the reporter discovered that the farmer shared his seed corn with his neighbors. How can you afford to share your best seed corn with your neighbors when they are entering the corn in the competition with yours each year? The reporter asked. Why, sir? Said the farmer. Didn't you know? The wind picks up pollen from the ripening corn and swirls it from field to field. If my neighbors grew poor quality corn, cross pollination will steadily degrade the quality of my corn. If I am to grow good corn, I must help my neighbors grow good corn. The farmer gave a superb insight into the connectedness of life. His corn cannot improve unless his neighbor's corn also improves. So it is in other dimensions. Those who choose to be at harmony must help their neighbors and colleagues to be at peace. Those who choose to live well must help others to live well. Success does not happen in isolation. It is very often a participative and collective process. The first year we tried to grow corn, we failed miserably. We thought we'd prepped our dirt properly. We pulled out all the grass, added a nice border to keep out the weeds, and even bought one bag of garden mix and folded it in with the old dirt. We planted and watered our seeds. They faithfully came up fresh and green. We were thrilled because we would have corn. As they grew, we noticed that they were very close together. The larger the corn grew, the less room they had to grow. The sprouts were squished next to each other, but we didn't know what to do. 
we didn't want to kill our little corn sprouts. They grew no taller than two feet high. They were stubby and squished. One sad little ear of corn tried to grow, but it turned into a gooey mess of silk and mush. What happened? What mistakes did we make with our corn? This year, we tried again. This time, we found some mushroom compost to enrich our soil. We also took care to space out our corn enough to allow them to grow and spread out. At first, the garden was stinky with the compost. We planted and watered the seeds. They sprouted much more quickly this time. We thinned out the sprouts so that the ones left could grow stronger and taller. The rains poured down on our garden at the beginning of the summer. We kept watching to make sure they had enough water. Within a month, they grew tall and proud. They towered over everyone and became taller than even mom and dad. We watched as the small ears developed. The corn silks peeked out through the ear. Then the tassels reached up tall and proud. The wind shook the pollen onto the corn silks and pollinated the ovules that developed into corn. We did it. What was different? What did we do to help our corn grow? What did we do to keep the corn from growing to its full potential the first year? Corn provided not only food for families and livestock, but also entertainment for children. Children, like Laura Ingalls, would turn the clean corn cob into a corn cob doll. After scrubbing and washing the kernel-free cob, children would set them out to dry. Once dry, the cob would be given corn silk hair, eyes, nose, and a mouth. Add a handkerchief to make a dress and you are complete. Some children would even soak the corn husks in water to make them malleable. After patting them dry, the husks could be shaped into an outfit for the corn cob doll. Thanks for joining us as we took a closer look at corn. Did you learn anything new? We'd love to hear from you. Please leave a review in iTunes. It will help other budding naturalists find our show. We'd like to leave you with an excerpt from Little House on the Prairie by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Every morning, Pa went cheerfully whistling to the field. Now, he carried a sack of corn fastened to his belt, and, as he plowed, he threw grains of corn into the furrow beside the plow's point. The plow turned over a strip of sod on top of the seed corn. But corn would fight its way up through the matted roots, and there would be a cornfield. There would be green corn for dinner some day, and next winter there would be ripe corn for Pet and Patty to eat. <laughs>